is up. It's the rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Friday, November 19th. And we got a full slate ahead of us this weekend, so I am going to dive right into things here. Uh, we'll kick things off uh, with the Indianapolis Colts facing the Buffalo Bills. Carson Wentz coming off of a well, down week after six straight games with at least two passing scores. He faces a very tough Buffalo defense, so there's no doubt about it. This is brutal for Wentz not using him. Uh, really, the only players using with any confidence here, obviously Jonathan Taylor, and hey, the matchup is brutal for him, but you know what? He's been freaking awesome. 23.6 PPR points per game since week three. That's number one among running backs. And uh, Michael Pittman, I talked about the matchup yesterday. I don't love it, but I'm going to still use him as a wide receiver too. On the other side, I think you know it's pretty straightforward with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Manny Sanders as a wide receiver three, but the backfield is a bit of a mess. We're not using Matt Breda. And last week, the snaps broke down 28 for Moss, 22 for Singletary. I can't trust either as anything more than a flex play this week. Baltimore and Chicago news breaking only a few minutes ago before I hit record here. Allen Robinson listed as doubtful, so he's not going to play. Uh, so that means Darnell Mooney, uh, the opportunity is all yours, brother. And this is actually a really good matchup for Justin Fields. Uh, 298.6 net passing yards per game is what the Ravens are allowing. Fields is a streamer, but not having Robinson does hurt the cause. This stinks, especially coming out of bye week. You wouldn't expect that, but them's the breaks. Montgomery slides back in as a front end RB two, And, uh, you know, I just, I, I don't think we're quite there to use Fields as a streamer, but I do want this guy on benches. On the other side, you have Marquise Brown and Lamar Jackson mixing practice throughout the week, but I think they'll be okay. I don't have news on that one here. If anything breaks during the course of this, this uh, show, I will go over to it. Uh, but Rashad Bateman, still a wide receiver three. If, if somehow Marquise Brown didn't go, Bateman's a wide receiver two. We know we're using Mark Andrews, and I am avoiding the Ravens' backfield like the plague. I don't care. I, I don't care. I don't want two older running backs in Freeman or Murray, and there's no shot of Tyson Williams, so I'm just going to avoid that backfield. If I had to use one, it's Freeman, and I do not love that. Detroit and Cleveland, it does look like on the Detroit side that Jared Goff won't be playing in this one, so Timmy Boyle, not uh, David Blau. So David Blau was the only quarterback on the active roster as of Tuesday when I did the waiver wire show. Some people have been asking me about that. They're going to, yeah, Boyle will be back for him, injured reserve. He has already been playing ahead of Blau in practice. I don't think it hurts anything, to be honest. And I'm going to, you know, even with last week, TJ Hawkinson is still averaging eight targets per game over the last month. <laughs> so he's still been a monster. I'm going to keep going back to the well as a top 10 play. It uh, looks like Jamal Williams is trending towards getting back in the field, but I still expect a lot of DeAndre Swift. On the other side, I mean, the wide receivers are banged up. Looks like Donovan Peoples-Jones is trending towards not playing. Same with Anthony Schwartz. I would say it's going to be a lot of Nick Chubb. (laughs) Just a little bit. Backfield's averaging 109.8 rushing yards per game, 1.1 rushing scores per game against Detroit. No Kareem Hunt this week. Probably no Kareem Hunt until week 14. Nick Chubb, welcome back, brother, and uh, giddy up. Houston and Tennessee, there's still basically nobody on Houston except Brandon Cooks to use. 
On Tennessee's side, I actually think we get a bounce back from A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill, but I want to focus on the backfield. So Jeremy McNichols is not going to play. That does help the cause for Deontay Foreman, although I'm not going to be overly bullish on Deontay Foreman. At best, he's really kind of a fringe RB2 because he's more likely than Peterson to see the passing down work. So if you were kind of hurting and you picked up Foreman, not bad. I mean, not that good, but not bad. Green Bay and Minnesota, Aaron Rodgers not practicing with the toe injury, but he's going to play. I didn't think there was any doubt here uh, at all, so that's obviously good for Green Bay, but we'll focus in on Aaron Jones not playing here, so it's A.J. Dillon, a classic example of why you commit to the cuff. People have gotten on me for my advice to the masses of, hey, just don't handcuff, and the advice is not anti-handcuff, it's you're going to want to drop A.J. Dillon if you handcuff with A.J. Dillon in week three. And I predicted it, and it happened this year. I had to talk some people off the ledge in the FTN Fantasy Discord chat. In week freaking three, they wanted to drop A.J. Dillon. Honestly, if you're going to cuff, it is a commitment, hopefully, for 17 weeks to that cuff because you never know what is going to happen. You best just designate that bench spot to the cuff. And here we are, 10 weeks into the season, and now you need the cuff uh, you need A.J. Dillon, and he's going to be a monster in this one. He's averaging 3.13 yards after contact per attempt over his last uh, three games, 14 red zone carries over that span. He's been a monster, uh, and yeah, he's going to be one in this one. I expect a lot of A.J. Dillon and, of course, Devontae Adams. On the other side, it's pretty straightforward. Cousins, no news is good news with Alvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and if you had to stream Conklin, I, I don't hate it. I just have him at tight end 16 right now. All right, so let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Then when we come back, I'm going to tell you about one of my DFS stacks of the week, very contrarian. That's right after the break. Ah, yes, the Flacco Stacco is in play this week. I'm going to drive that joke into the ground, but I am going to actually stack Joe Flacco with Corey Davis, and I'm going to have uh, on the other side a little Jalen Waddle action because I love me some Jalen Waddle. But you know what? I, I think the hate on Joe Flacco has gone way too far. Last year, we had the same hate in week nine. He goes out, throws three passing scores, and 263 against the Patriots. So he's competent. He's not Ben DiNucci under center, and this is going to be a complete disaster. I know everybody, ho, 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 let's make jokes, but eh, whatever. I'm not going to make a joke of this. Corey Davis, wide receiver three. I am not using Elijah Moore in this one. Still keeping an eye on him, still stashing him for upside, but not using him. And I am using Michael Carter, RB13 for me. On the other side, I love Jalen Waddle on the volume, wide receiver 22. I like the volume for Miles Gaskin. I just don't love Miles Gaskin at RB22. And how about Mike Kosicki? He had seven targets last week. I know he didn't catch any of them, but he had seven. So I'm going to go back to the well on Gesicki. Uh, New Orleans and Philadelphia. Why do we want to find reasons to not like Jalen Hurts? I don't get this one, but it is a widespread perception that he is not doing well. He's quarterback 5A, and he has only had one week worse than quarterback 12. In any week, I mean, granted, it was recent, but still... He's an every week stud play, and especially with Devontae Smith trending up. I don't know if Miles Sanders will be activated. If not, I'm not using anybody from this backfield. Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, the matchup is brutal. 
This is the best run defense in the NFL. 2.78 yards per carry. If Sanders is back, I think you could flex him, but that's about it. On the other side, I don't know. I wish, I wish I knew if we were going to see Alvin Kamara. I wish, but I have no clue. If we do, he's an elite play. If we don't, I'm going to play Mark Ingram as an RB2. We saw the volume for Ingram. It's not, it doesn't look super pretty, but he can get it done. And, uh, it also looks like Taysom Hill, I mean, Taysom Hill's banged up. So if he doesn't play, that's even better in the red zone for, for Ingram this week. Moving on to Washington and Carolina, Ron Rivera revenge. Ron revenge game. Riverboat revenge. Whatever. I mean, I guess he probably does have some kind of ill will, but who knows. What I do know, Cam Newton's back. What I do know, Cam Newton was quarterback 17 last year, despite throwing eight passing touchdowns in 15 games. That's hard to do. And it's largely because of his ability as a runner. So he's quarterback 14 for me this week as the starter. Now, we could see some P.J. Walker, but I expect to see a lot of Cam. And even in uh, you know somewhat minimal usage, he could still be pretty effective here. Uh, McCaffrey has been very effective last week. We saw 13 carries, almost 100 rushing yards. I think he goes off in this one. Uh, and you know, DJ Moore. Hey, you can throw on Washington as we know. 290 net passing yards per game allowed. 2.4 passing scores per game allowed. So I think there's actually some juice here with DJ Moore. Just when people start to uh, get really down on a player like him is when they bounce back. I know there's no analysis to that, but I'm going to stay the course with him. I'm staying the course with Antonio Gibson as I have all along. I'm not creating false narratives when false narratives don't need to be created. 26 touches last week and two rushing scores against a tough Tampa defense. We should not downplay that whatsoever. Also, of course, Terry McLaurin is uh, good for this one, and he is going to be in our lineups. San Francisco. All right. They're facing Jacksonville, and I'll talk about them in a second, but let's talk about Elijah Mitchell. I don't want to bury the lead. John Lynch said he is a game-time decision, very iffy. I think he still plays, but they said it's not just a clear cut. It's not like a pain management thing. So I'm sure they have to be sure that he can, you know, he can hold the football because that's pretty important as a running back. He's not going to be fumbling all over the place. If he doesn't go, I will basically move Jeff Wilson Jr. right into where I have Elijah Mitchell at RB17. So if you have that backup plan in place, you're good. If you don't have that backup plan in place, then hopefully have something else because this will be a little bit iffy. Otherwise, Debo, yeah. George Kittle, yeah. Brandon Ayuk, no. And I talked about why I don't like the matchup yesterday. Should have James Robinson on the field. He is, it's more pain management than actual he's too injured to play with the heel. He picked up a knee injury, but he should be good here in this contest. Uh, moving on to Cincinnati and Vegas. This is about as straightforward a game as I've seen, you know, in terms of who are we using. You're using them if you have them, right? You have Joe Burrow, you have Jamar Chase, you have Joe Mixon, you have T. Higgins, you're using him. You have Derek Carr, you're probably using him. He's quarterback 13. Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. Jacobs has ran hard, man. I appreciate Josh, Josh Jacobs. And in fact, the post-Gruden era here, he has 12 catches over the last three games. Like He was actually not bad at Alabama catching the football. I thought that would be part of his role. I actually thought he was more of an Alvin Kamara-like player coming into the league, and he has not been used that way. But maybe that was Gruden. I don't know. 
Hunter Renfro, wide receiver three. I have him at uh, 27 in rankings, so he's a wide receiver three play. I'm staying away from Brian Edwards. Trying to stay away from Kenyon Drake as well. I think you could flex him, though, if you had to. Dallas and Kansas City. Start him if you got him, pretty much. Even Michael Gallup, I think, is a fringe wide receiver three. But start him if you got him. Now, Andy Reid would not tell us if Clyde Edwards-Alaire would be activated. He said he had a good week, which is like great. I think given the fact they have a bye week next week really makes this pretty unlikely, and it'll be Daryl Williams again. But if Edwards-Alaire comes back, he'll go to a Daryl Williams spot, RB19. I don't think this is going to be anything more than the, the exact committee that we saw at the beginning of the season, any more or less. I think that's exactly what we're going to see here in this one. But ever, otherwise, you're starting everybody who you have here because that one's going to be a bonanza, right? Absolute bonanza for passing purposes, especially. Arizona, Seattle. So lots of injuries impacting this contest. On the Arizona side, we already know DeAndre Hopkins is out. We think Kyler's going to play, but we, as in me, don't know. <laughs> me don't know. There you go. That's the hard-hitting you know, analysis that you uh, come to the rant for. Me don't know if play. It sounded like, uh, like Kevin from the office there. Why waste time, say lot word, when few word do trick. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so that's the hard hitter right there. But I do think he plays. We'll see. Uh, we do know for a fact, obviously, that Chase Edmonds is on injured reserve. And we do know for a fact, for James Conner's purposes, this is a nice, nice matchup. Opposing backfields averaging 175.7 scrimmage yards per game against the Seahawks. Conner's a back-end RB1. That's the number two fantasy matchup. Uh, for the backfield. So on the other side, we do have some questions in the backfield. I mean, Russ is a borderline quarterback one, back-end quarterback one. I think there's enough there that you use him and you don't get cute with like Cam or like Tua or something like that. You just use Russ. But the backfield. So Chris Carson, I don't know. He may be out for the rest of the season. We'll see. He could be put on season ending. Uh, Alex Collins mispracticed yesterday with a hip injury or a groin injury. Sorry, not a, not a hip, a groin. If he doesn't go, it's Rashad Penny time. And honestly, this is a good spot. The cards allow 4.71 yards per carry to opposing running backs. So, you know, keep an eye on that one. If I I actually do have Penny stashed in some deep leagues, you could do worse. You could definitely do worse. Uh, Pittsburgh and the Chargers, well, you're definitely not going to do worse with the two running backs in this one. Do a whole lot better with Najee Harris and Austin Eckler. RB2 for Harris, RB6 for Eckler. Harris is in a major matchup upgrade. The Chargers allowing 4.75 yards per carry to opposing backs, 1.3 rushing scores per game to opposing backs. It's an awesome spot for him. And I think Ben will be back in this one. But we aren't sure just yet. Eckler, the matchup isn't as good. It's an unfavorable matchup, but it's his involvement in the passing game. It's another straightforward, like this week is a start him if you got him type of week in a lot of these games. So, you know, Deontay Johnson, I think Claypool, you know, Claypool could be back this week. We'll see. Fryermuth, though, top 12 option. You got Eckler, Keenan Allen. Mike Williams is a wide receiver three, volatile, but we know that. And, of course, Justin Herbert in there. All right, let's round it out with the G-Men and the Bucks On the Giants' side, it looks like Saquon is going to be back on the field. This is a tough matchup, as we know. Tampa allowing 
eight yards per carry to opposing running backs, but one rushing score per game. And that went up from last week because, of course, Antonio Gibson scored two. But it's not a terrible, terrible, terrible matchup. It's a matchup that he may not be super efficient in, but he can at least put decent fantasy points on the board. I'm still going to rank him as an RB2 for right now. That might go up a tick, though, especially with Devontae Booker banged up. Uh, looks like we will have Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony, but not Sterling Shepard. I don't love either of them, and I'll tell you precisely why. If I am voting, I'm putting a vote of confidence in them, I'm putting a vote of confidence on Daniel Jones as well, and I don't feel that confident about that. So Kadarius Tony is a flex option, back-end wide receiver three for Kenny Galladay. This week, that could change next week. Chris Godwin looks like he'll be good to go here. Mike Evans is still good to go. Antonio Brown does not look like he'll be good to go. Uh, we have, uh, I talked about the matchup yesterday for Evans, not the best spot, but let's talk about Gronk. Gronk looks like he'll be back on the field should you use him. My short answer is no. The longer answer to that is Tampa doesn't have the impetus to have Gronk out there every down. Gronk, if they make a push for the Super Bowl again, is going to have to be a big part of that. They need him healthy in January, so getting him hurt in November does not make sense. And you have the luxury of having two really decent tight ends on top of that in Cameron Brayton and O.J. Howard. And I know you could laugh all you want about O.J. Howard, but honestly, there are a lot of teams in the league who would want an O.J. Howard on their team right now. And they, you know, they have that luxury. So I would not use Gronk. I would not simply think back to September and all of the touchdowns that he scored and be like, well, Gronk, I have him at tight end 15. That means there are 14 tight ends ahead of him who I would be using this week. Playing it safe is probably a good idea. If you want to see who those 14 tight ends are, if you want to see an and yes, let me acknowledge the rankings could change by then. But if you want to see where I have Gronk ranked and everybody else, you can go over to FTNFantasy.com. Rankings, projections, articles, galore, tools, all that stuff. And use the promo code RATPACK. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Ratcliffe. And uh, yeah, search me out on Google and let me know what you find. <laughs> Google lies. Let let me just tell you that. Google lies. They've invented an entire elaborate backstory for me that is not true whatsoever. But it is worth a Google. So go check that out and enjoy the football and enjoy whatever you do on a Friday night and enjoy the weekend and I will catch you on the flip side. Don't forget CBS Sports Network, 8 to noon Eastern, that other pregame show on your TV. I also show up there. That'll be this weekend. So go check that out as well. But I'll catch you on Monday for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.